to the Maddest Touches. I'm your host Chris Juicer, and this is Charlie Bradley. Welcome back. Welcome back to episode 40 of the Midas Touches, or should I say episode three of our new season. Uh, A huge week this week. The World Cup has begun. And England off to a fly, 6-2 against Iran. What were your thoughts of the big game? Uh, Yeah, that was good from England. Um, I guess it was one of those ones where you could almost see it us slipping up at sort of the first hurdle, Uh, definitely in previous years. So... It was encouraging to, to see us win so uh, so convincingly. Also, I mean, Iran are like rated 20th in the world. Um, they're, they're sort of not as bad as some people have made them out to be, perhaps. Um, so it, it wasn't a it wasn't a bad result. Um, it's been a really good start to the World Cup for all that there are obviously issues um, with the competition itself and, and um, you know what what FIFA has done in allowing uh, Qatar to host it, but. Besides that, the football has been pretty good, but by and large, there's been some really good results. There's been some really boring results as well, like a lot of nil-nils, but that's international football. Um, and yeah, I guess the one thing is, for anyone who follows our Lunafy, um, I put up Argentina for... <laughs> well, yeah. For, I mean, t- t- to be fair, it's an, uh, I think it would give them a kick up the backside and actually they'll come out, hopefully, and perform a bit better. They had, what was it, four dis- three disallowed goals in that game? Yeah, three disallowed goals. I'm not particularly worried about. And, you know, going back to that England game, it was, I thought, absolutely mental that they didn't take off the Iran goalkeeper after he had practically, well, practically been knocked out on the pitch. His nose had tripled in size and the guy could barely stand up. Mm. But his captain comes up to the referee and goes, no, no, no. He's okay to play. Yeah, I think he pressured him, and I think that's really bad. Um, I, I think that that was really poor, and the ref should take that into his own hands. Um, you know, if the if the medical staff are being that that um, well, they're clearly being pressured. Like it's it's not yeah. on them because unless they're they're awful at their job, they they would would know that he's um he's concussed and and needs to come off. So. Yeah, that was very much on them um, and on you know them being weak and on on the ref not doing enough. Uh, and and if, you know if they're if they're being pressured there into action, then who's to say that when someone waves a sort of million pound note in front of their face, they're not pressured then? Well, yeah, obviously it goes without saying. But um, yeah, um, no, it, well, that wasn't so good. But yeah, loads of talking points already. Obviously. Um, a lot centered around the one love uh, armbands that they were meant to wear, which which they didn't. Um, pretty disappointed to see that. No no response uh, in any meaningful way from England, of course. Um, but that somehow doesn't surprise me that the FA can't come up with anything like like the the uh, the German FA managed to do um, with their their sort of hand over their mouth gesture uh, for the team photo. Um, and then also Denmark coming out and saying that they wouldn't vote for Gianni Infantino uh, for for the next uh, presidential elections, 
you know, just just small things like that. that you, it, it doesn't take too much. Uh, but of course, no one in the FA thinks of that because they're pretty fucking stupid. Yeah, they are. They are for sure. And <laughs> Sorry, no, the sport, pretty... but the sport is super corrupt. And I'm sure a lot of people will be put off. Actually, if you're, you know, if you're a if you're a half watcher and you find out the World Cup's happening in Qatar and there's all these things going on, there's no, you know, stand for positive things. Uh, it's it's really off-putting, and clearly FIFA's massively corrupt. It's definitely left a bitter taste in my mouth. Something that didn't leave a bitter taste in our mouths, though, was the trip to uh, Twickenham last Saturday. Massive comeback for England. Mm. Late comeback in the last uh, eight minutes, I think it was. Three tries scored, taking the score from 25-6 to 25-all. Two tries from Will Stewart. Who uh, whose social media post afterwards was was hilarious. Mm. He's very good at Photoshop, good. and and once again, uh, kudos to him. He he absolutely nailed it. That was an incredible game, though. A really good atmosphere mm. at Twickenham, but abysmal first half. Uh, it, it was, yeah, it was. Um, I guess we're all just glad to to see the the draw. It was an unbelievable result and one really good one to be at. But yeah, as you say, the first half not so inspiring. There were a lot of people. Who, who look quite disgruntled about that um and uh yeah I'm, I'm just glad i'm glad it was the right result in the end because uh yeah it's a real be there moment couple of talking points in the racing world uh first i guess probably important to go to one that happened today marco gianni mm. uh six month ban for testing positive for cocaine what is it about jockeys and cocaine well, weight loss, I don't know. I don't know. No, uh, well, I think there are a couple of things. I think one is genuinely probably sort of um, uh, weight loss, stuff like that. You've got to be, you're up early. You know, it's the lifestyle type thing. Another is uh, being in the racing world is a very cash in hand job. So, you know, that kind of thing probably leans itself towards going and buying drugs, I imagine. Um I don't know what else to be honest. They they seem like they're party boys um, and, and girls, um, but yeah, silly from him. He has uh, he'll have to serve his punishment, and obviously he he sounds very regretful. Um, but yeah, it's it's another in the long line of of jockeys who have been um, caught with illegal substances. In to to be system. great in horse racing, you have to be caught for cocaine at some point. So well, it's yeah. just a rite of passage. I mean, if we look at it, Frankie. Uh, Asheen, potentially Benoit de la Sayette mm-hmm. could be a great jockey. We'll see. Um, obviously, Le- that's Lester, kind of a joke. Lester Piggott was, um, I don't know if he did cocaine, but he was pretty bad. Yeah. He went to prison. <laughs> James Hunt in Formula One racing. Yeah, different uh, sport, Different type yeah. of racing, but racing nonetheless. Uh, let's move on from the news to talk a little bit more about uh, racing. Mm-hmm. Two runner fields, Asker last weekend. There was even a walkover that took place. Uh, Where was that? At Asker. Yeah, all runners pulled out bar one. I mean, that's going to stop people going racing, isn't it? Mm, I think it's really, really concerning. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I'm worried about this. Uh, I think October had the lowest field, so you know, sort of. Um, number of confirmed runners in a month for i don't know how long um it was a long time anyway i think it's a growing trend of of um well look 
it's 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 part of a, a much wider problem and a, a much more severe problem i assume um i i i think and that's um obviously uh the sort of you know global warming climate change uh the ground conditions you know uh the clock of course ask it saying that he'd never seen it um sort of the ground this dry at this time of year um so it's not the fault of the uh, of the sort of clerks of the course to be honest it's it's more just um the conditions that we're facing in the uk i mean they may in time even have to shift the season as a result of this because it makes no sense to to start the jump season when the ground's still good to firm yeah um, it's going to be difficult as well to just chuck a load of water on there because then people are just going to get angry that you're wasting water so you know there's there's no real easy way about it and i think it, it will be interesting if it continues to see how these horses come out i remember that willie mullins who searches for for soft ground at, you know at this time of year mm. couldn't couldn't bring his horses out till way later on it does affect the the latter stages of the jump season you know yeah. when we're thinking about cheltenham and thinking about entry so We'll see how long this this weather continues. There's been a bit of rain this week, but um, you know conditions still reasonably reasonably spring like yeah. uh, at the ground. So let's go and and talk about the racing this weekend. We do have the return of Constitution Hill, who was one of those horses pulled out mm. because of the ground last weekend. He comes back in the Fighting Fifth up at Newcastle. We've oh. also got some really good racing going on uh, at Newbury too. Any highlights really stand out at you before we before we get stuck into a couple of previews? Yeah, so obviously Constitution Hill is one of them. Um, let's hope he turns up this time. I guess another is Lon Press, um, who was also who was also meant to run last weekend, uh, but but pulled as well. Um, those both both running up in Newcastle. So I think the Newcastle racing is exciting. Um, I mean, we'll talk about it a bit more, but I think if Constitution Hill turns up for the Fighting Fifth, he should just go and win the Fighting Fifth. Um, but yeah, the, the, that definitely took my eye. Uh, there's also the um, Coral Gold Cup at Newbury, which I think is a really fun race. Um, it's a nice handicap chase over uh, over you know the extended three miles, um, and yeah, it looks like a really competitive field. Um, so I'm quite excited to talk through that one with you. But uh, yeah, let, let's get to it. Let's go go through the cards yeah let's let's dig in let's start in the the 12:45 at newbury which is the coral john frankham novices chase a grade two where we have some really really top class horses returning time hill is five to four favorite grade one winner there juliano bello two to one second favorite a uh grade one winner over hurdles last year as well McFabulous 5-2, to two, who's a very consistent horse at around the grade 2 level. Uh, and then Mortlach brings up the rear at 40s. Trappy contest this, some really high quality runners. Uh, do you have a really strong pick in this race? Uh, I do not whatsoever because I'm going to leave it up to you, I think, no? Because I think you have something you might like. Well, I do, I do. I think when you go through this race... Uh, Time Hill, for all that he's an amazing horse, clearly, uh, and really does stay that trip very well. I'm not sure over fences necessarily if you're going to be that confident at five to four in a field which is really high quality. Giuliano Bello, to the same respect, has had a run this season, so is fit, 
in another trappy contest, a three-runner race at, at Weatherby. Juliana Bello finished off the, the season really strongly last year, uh, but that that run at Cheltenham didn't fill you with confidence in November. So, you know, there are kind of limitations to both of those, and I'd I'd rather go for a kind of consistent one, and, and McFabulous does strike as, as that type of horse. Uh, unexpected party, the horse that he beat last time out, uh, is, you know, a, a, a talented horse. I think McFabulous uh, really just should have that consistency over fences, which the other two won't have. And I think in these trappy runner races, it's quite often where the, the best jumping comes to the fore. And if you miss a miss a jump or, or give up a few lengths at a couple of fences, then, you know, you can really give up the race. So I do also love Paul Nichols on these Saturdays. And I know he's got Juliana Bello in there as well, who is the pick of, of Harry Cobden. But I don't know, McFabulous just strikes me as the... The, the most consistent one here and on ratings has Giuliano Bello, you know, uh, five pounds behind him. So I think McFabulous here is, is slightly overpriced. And if I had to go for one, it would it would be that one. Nice. Sounds sensible. Um, I mean, obviously, they're difficult races, these four runners. So, you know, cautions advised. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's let's move on then to the 210, which is the grade one fighting fifth hurdle up at Newcastle where we have the return of Constitution Hill this horse as we flagged up last week was the 33 to 1 tip that was put up on the podcast last year after the advice of a young uh not saying his name (laughs) uh Constitution Hill comes in here now a one to four favorite Epitante his stable companion is at fours who tied in a dead heat last year in this race with not so sleepy who joins her in the field not so sleepy however priced at 14 to 1 tommy's oscar uh, represents the north at 28s and voie de rev who was previously trained by willie mullins a grade one winner for willie mullins at 125 to 1 now trained by ian jardine do you think it's a, uh, you know, just a, an easy win for Constitution Hill? It's so funny what you said, because I was going to, I had in my notes uh, about Voie de Rev. That horse is so weird. Like, <laughs> grade one winner, as you say, under Mullins, and now 125 to one for this race. Um, back in the day, I remember Voie de Rev being a really good horse as well. Like, we, we quite liked the horse at, at the time. Um and he's just fallen off a cliff somehow. Though still runs in grade ones, I suppose. So like, it's not all it's not all doom and gloom. But uh, that was a really funny because there was another stable companion of Wada Rev by the same train owned by the same owners. Yeah. Uh, called York Hill. Yeah, yeah. Which also was bought actually by Lee Westwood, I think, last year, mm-hmm. and went and won a big race up at up at Newcastle as well. So maybe the, these Willie Mullins ones like coming to Newcastle. I still think at 125 to one, it's going to be a difficult task against potentially one of the best horses in training yes no no i absolutely agree i think um the one of interest to me would have protect well i say of interest i i mean i tip not so sleepy actually at 40 to 1 for the cesarevich um when where he ran a big, really big race and came third that day um that was a really good performance as was his performance in this last year as you say dead heating against epiton um not so sleepy is a weird one though because 
I think on two occasions since Epiton has has sort of confirmed that she is the better of those two horses uh, by convincingly beating Not So Sleepy. Um, though it's clear that Not So Sleepy on his day can put in a huge performance. It's just whether you get that on the day. I mean, you, it's never a horse to tip, um, you know, one of those types. So I wouldn't be advising it. I think Constitution Hill can turn up here and probably and just go win this quite comfortably. Epiton's a good horse, um, so she'll be a decent yardstick um, to see just how good uh, Constitution Hill can be this year. But um, I don't see too much trouble for Constitution Hill, though at sort of one to four, it's not really a, a price to be backing at. Yeah, and, and you've got to think that uh, Aidan Coleman's going to be desperate to get the win on Epitonte, even though Nico will be feeling the same on Constitution Hill. I always like the underdog thing. I, I still don't think uh, that Constitution Hill will get beat, but I think it will be a better race mm. than the prices suggest. It also, tends to be. Yeah, and it's an incredibly interesting um, sort of mindset when you've got an underdog that's actually a, a sort of consistent grade one yeah, performer. Champion hurdle winner. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I mean, she uh, she absolutely pissed up in in the um, Aintree last year in the Aintree hurdle, beating you know some 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 decent horses in behind. I mean, I guess if you look at that that form, sort of on the face of it, beat Monrau by fourteen lengths. Monrau got beaten by John Bond, who got beaten by Constitution Hill. So like, I don't know. There's yeah, if you stack it up that way, then Constitution Hill probably wins this. But but look, Epitant's a very good mare in her own right, and she will surely good give this one a good race. Yeah, we'll we'll have to wait and see. Uh, I've got to hope that Constitution Hill has a a really good season. I'd love to see that one go on and be exciting. Again, let's jump back down the A1 to Newbury for the Coral Gold Cup, which happens at three oh five unsurprisingly quite a few runners in this field Corrick Rambler currently heads the market for Lucinda Russell three under three five is uh tend to be what I am on the no, I'm joking. uh <laughs> 13 to 2 for that one remastered alongside for David Pipe uh Bustleton Eights is an Irish raider for Joseph Patrick O'Brien Lemilos for the Skeletons alongside Jericho Rock at Eights Another one for David Pipe there. Oscar Elite for Joe Tizard. Harry Cobden at nines. Fiddler on the roof alongside that one. Stable companion. Uh, R Power, who was really uh, impressive in winning last time mm. at tens. Lord Accord twelves. Lost in translation. Wow. Once a hugely exciting uh, horse. Now kind of on a bit of a de- decline. Potentially could have a, a spark. Who knows? And Sam, one you loved mm. alongside that at 16s. Fanny and Desterville, 25s. Uh, we'll leave it there as far as the market goes. You've got a little fancy in this one, I've heard. Mm. Well, I mean, you're not wrong in the fact that I love Anne Sam. Um, and I probably would have liked him for this race as well, um, given he's gone down a couple of pounds. But... There's a lot of pace in this race, I think. Um, there are a few, including Anne Sam, who want to make the running. Um, Lord Accord and three under, through, three under through five are both horses who like to go out a good clip in front. Uh, Anne Sam's never also uh, run at the distance. Uh, I mean, definitely looked like he'd be suited by by this sort of slightly longer trip, um, but hasn't run at the distance previously. And, and I'd slightly worry that there's going to be a big battle up front. So 
you're more looking for someone to pick up the pieces. Um, if the ground softened, which obviously we were talking about earlier and, and we'll have to wait and see about that, I, I kind of doubt it's currently good going at the moment at Newbury. Um, <clears throat> if, if it had soft in the description, I would potentially be interested in Jericho Rock, who would relish a, a good stamina test, I think, um, that this is obviously likely to provide uh, and is well off uh, with the form of, of um, his recent run with Cork uh, Rambler. So... That one's definitely of interest, but um, I think the ground, the ground there is definitely an issue. Uh, as it's probably the case with a few others, including Cork Rambler, the favourite. Um, one I do like though, and I think you might know who I like. Was it the one who very nearly won last year when you were on, and it came second? No, 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 no. <laughs> okay, not Fiddler on the Roof. No, no, that's no. Sorry, uh, it's another Irish Raider for the second weekend. And oh no, sorry. It, well, basically, I'm hoping that uh, that we get a repeat of Banbridge. Joseph Joseph O'Brien's brought over Bustleton here. Um, I've seen the money's already started to come. Uh, Bustleton, I think, to me, stinks of a gamble uh, for for Joseph here. Uh, very interesting that he bring him over. He, he won very gamely last time out. Really good, impressive win. That was back in September, actually. So he sort of, he's had a run this season, but it was early, early season and has been put away until now. Um, so I think that's probably quite an interesting sign. He's got some uh, some good juvenile form um, in the book. Um, and one of the key things is he definitely won't mind the ground. Um, if it's good ground, I think this horse uh should be absolutely fine with that uh he was running on good ground last time when he when he won uh a listol um and yeah i, I he's 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 won actually multiple times at listol on, on good ground so yeah i think this one um coming over from ireland for joseph o'brien uh is really interesting at, at around about the eight to one mark um so yeah i quite like i quite like bustleton you've got to love it when he brings over uh, his cousin JJ Slevin as well. It's always a it's always a great one that I like Slevin as well. I, I remember the first time that Fakir Dudery came over in Cheltenham, wearing those orange colours yeah. before he was bought by JP, and JJ Slevin gave him a, a cork over ride. So potentially more of that at Newbury on Saturday afternoon. Very exciting stuff. Those big cavalry charges. Let's head up back to newcastle god we're really not being environmentally friendly on this saturday are we uh nipping up and down for the uh betfair exchange rehearsal handicap chase where long press heads the market at 11 to 8 this was one that you'd flagged up big soft ground horse from last season into overdrive is at fours uh, Mark Wolford, a trainer we don't often see at the top of the market. I write for Harriet Graham, 9-2, to two, Happy Go Lucky, who was meant to run at Cheltenham but was withdrawn late on, sevens. Dingo Dollar, Sandy Thompson, who is the uh, trainer for the aforementioned York Hill, uh, who shot the Sheriff 20s, the Big Bite 25s, Windsor Avenue, who is Ollie Bell's, uh, one of Ollie Bell's favourite horses, 33s. Dallas depict on 33s as well. Interesting race this. Long press 
maybe not going to get the soft ground mm. that Vinicius would hope for. But do you think he still wins? Well, well, I'd, I'd be concerned if he if he runs again, right? Like, like, there's no, there's no guarantee that he'll run here. Um, so, yeah, I'd be a bit worried about that. Interesting going down the handy, handicap route as well, like like Frodon did earlier in the season. Um, these sort of high class horses going into <clears throat> into handicaps is quite an interesting trend. Um, yeah, I would be worried about the the ground not being soft enough for for long press. I mean, obviously the class horse in the race. Um, Windsor Avenue, who you mentioned, I did think was interesting. Uh, off off the same as his last winning mark. Um, the problem with him is he's massively inconsistent, and he definitely cannot be trusted. Um, I remember I tipped him last year uh, in the Roland Mayrick. Do you remember that? At, uh, William Hill Roland, Roland Mayrick at, uh, at uh, Weatherby. Um, uh, he was pulled up then, and then next time out, uh, he won going away at, at forty to one, or technically two pounds higher. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> "How does that work?" It was honestly mental. Um, so yeah, I've got a bone to pick with that horse and I can't put him up because he's just not consistent enough. Um, someone who does have a bit of consistency is I Wright. Um, he's won twice over the course and distance uh, and that includes the win in this race last year. Um, yeah, I just thought he was was potentially interesting just as a as a bit of a course specialist i suppose um somewhat he's had a he's had a good prep run um over at kelso um a nice a, a decent enough second a, a quite a big price actually so they probably weren't expecting too much from his reappearance and and he'd come on for the run um i mean harriet graham hasn't had a winner in the last 14 days <laughs> um i mean she hasn't had many runners either but um yeah, I still think I write. If there's question marks over long press, I think he's a very, very solid alternative um, to the favourite in this. Love it. Love it. Uh, any other big fancies on the card? I think I've got a couple at, at, at Newbury, actually. Mm, why don't you fire away? Well, these are, I think, a couple of really good bets. In the first race, we have... Uh, Carol's pass, who I think could be another Kalashnikov type for Amy Murphy. Amy Murphy, last time out, beating a, a heavily odds-on She's a Saint for Dan Skelton and Mrs. Grimley for Ben Pauling. Mrs. Grimley had come in off the back of a win. She's a Saint was clearly a really hot favourite, well-fancied, unbeaten horse on that day. And I think Carol's pass is just going to... I think it will stay them out. We'll just... We'll do, we'll just will manage to brave out the task and I think at 11 to 2 is underrated currently. Yeah, I like that a lot actually. And at Classic, you know, you've got a Henderson, a favourite, unbeaten and the Amy Murphy one would just sneak in 11 to 2, would be gritty, mm. is fit, very fit after that run and I think has the upper hand over the Dan Skelton one, they reoppose here. So that in the first race I think uh, is is really interesting and then in the, uh, where was it that I was looking? Oh, yeah, the 155, the uh, Coral Racing Club Handicap Hurdle at Newbury. I think Peking Rose for Fergal O'Brien is another one who, who could have a good chance off 132 here. Last time out, defeating the 
uh, Donald McCain trained a different kind. And John Joe O'Neill Jr., the 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 John Joe O'Neill pair, Petit Tonnerre, who's owned by JP, who who reposes here. I think this one is high class, and I think Fergal will have got him there in in good shape. And uh, also, it's the second run after a wind up, which we always love to see. So I think there are. I also think the favourite there, walking on air, is really the wrong place at eleven to four, because jumped awfully at uh, Aintree, pulled up that day, and Newbury back in last year. I mean, it's a national hunt race, right? Yeah. So, oh no, it wasn't. It was a hurdle race that day, but. I still, I think that favourite's very opposable. Go and watch it. Uh, go and win by 50 lengths now. Lol. Uh, yeah, fair enough. I like I like them both. Uh, I would add, there's a Fergal O'Brien in, in the one previous to that, the 120, called Dublin 4. Um, and since we're headed off to Dublin this weekend, seems like a good one to tip. Um, I mean, I'm joking, obviously. Don't, I'm not tipping it. Um, I actually quite like Captain Nord in that race. I think with a, with a big claimer or back on board, um he's he's around about um a quite winnable mark again uh obviously a previous winner of this race <clears throat> um and with that claimer on board he's technically one pound lower than his last winning mark so yeah i'd be um i'd be pretty keen on captain Ord. He also won't be uh, again another horse that won't be hindered by the the dry underfoot conditions so or under hoof conditions so uh, yeah, I like him, but obviously Dublin Four isn't more. Yeah, yeah, it would be great being in Ireland if Dublin Four could get it done. It's going to be an unbelievable weekend. We've also got the England versus South Africa game taking place at Twickenham. Hopefully, and England a, USA and England USA tomorrow today. If you're listening on Friday, yesterday. If you're listening on Saturday, uh, hopefully two big results for the England teams. Good luck to all involved. Good luck if you're having a bet. Bet responsibly, bet safely. Also, uh, if you're feeling kind, give us a like, give us a share, give us a subscribe. If you've enjoyed it, if you've reached this far, we really do appreciate it and appreciate the reviews. It also bumps us up the algorithm, which we want to take advantage of. (laughs) So uh, we'll leave it there for this weekend and see you next week. It's a goodbye from me, Tres. And it's a goodbye from me, Charlie. Goodbye.